0: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross sap here for the Fightful Wrestling Podcast. It's technically April 11th, but we're releasing this April 12th. I'm here with Jimmy Van, and, and it should be no surprise to you guys that the reason we're filming this on April 11th is because he is an eccentric millionaire <laughs> and has eccentric millionaire things to do, like going to playoff hockey games.
1: <laughs> so... Anybody that knows NHL hockey will tell you that the Edmonton Oilers have sucked shit for about a decade. And uh, this year they have turned... I'm a Blue
0: Jackets fan, man. Casual, huh. but so...
1: You know what? they? I think they broke a record this year for the most uh, consecutive wins, I think. The for
0: the least amount of sucking they've done in their entire franchise history. They've been pretty good, but the Oilers have been quite good. And
1: I told my wife, uh, as the year progressed and as they were doing better and better, I told my wife, if they go to the playoffs, I'm going. And uh, my wife is now seven months pregnant, so the compromise we made is that I'll go to just one game. So I'm going to the first game uh, on Wednesday, which is why we got to tape this a day early. I'm literally going to fly into Edmonton,
0: going to go to the game, fly back the next morning. So, Oh, I'm, I'm really tempted to go to a game on April 23rd. If it goes that far, just so my wife and I can experience playoff hockey in Columbus, it's a haul. It's about two and a half hours up, two and a half hours back, but... I think it'd be worth it for that. I think that'd be kind of cool. I mean, at least the they get at least two games, right?
1: So you could you could go to one of the one of the first four.
0: Yeah, but uh, I, I think it, from what I see, it's all like nights that would be kind of hard for me to make it work around my schedule. I don't want to miss work to go to ho- to a hockey game. I'm not you,
1: okay? I got it.
0: I got it. So so that, you. so I like working the one the once a week
1: date night you have with your wife where you sit around watching cat videos. You got to make sure that you don't. Yeah, you know
0: can't get hockey in the way of that that's important we're going to the park tomorrow so that's that's our big date <laughs> good for this you. week good for you i mean i even worked when i had the ebola last week yeah you you told me you weren't doing well you were and uh, it, it was really it was at the end of that podcast where it really started to hit me when you were like you're wiping your face what's wrong cuz you like you never see me doing that i was like ah i just think i need a monster energy or something oh no I was about to be sicker than I've been in my entire adult life.
1: I think what happened is That's, your immune system made sure to keep you strong enough to get through that podcast. Yeah. Because that podcast is the highlight of your week. And then as as soon as as soon as we got through that show, the immune system went to shit and then you were sick. And now ironically enough, here it is the next week and you're feeling better. You see the connection? You
0: see that? Yeah, I feel I feel I do feel great now. I I don't get sick a lot. I've been sick more since the Royal Rumble this year more cumulative, like in one year than I have been ever as an adult. Like it just doesn't happen. I don't get sick, but uh, yeah, that was weird. Like it went from fever to extreme fatigue and yeah, I get tired here and there, but you know me, I work a lot. I like working a lot. And I even worked through some of the, well, I worked through it all week, but immediately after, cause I was like, I know it's about to come down. I can tell I was about to get hit with some sickness. So luckily Joe and Mike got a bunch of content out to me and, UFC 210 was even busier than WrestleMania for me. That's yes, because we had guys there live on the scene, getting a bunch of footage. It was awesome. That was great. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give people a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, but I, I know you got your list, but there is definitely one topic we're going to cover in detail this so week. Let
1: me let me tell you something, Sean. When you are a uh, a, a corporate executive like myself, and you have to juggle, well, that,
0: that's like. <laughs>
1: You cut me off, That's Sean. The, you cut me off.
0: I, uh, well, yeah, because you've never cut me off before. You went off past <laughs> week. I never do. Corporate executive. Well, let's come on. Corporate executive. Just use the term. What? Use the term. Call yourself an eccentric millionaire. No, no. I, I, <laughs> Go ahead and do it. I'm an
1: executive. I got 30 employees. I got a lot of things I got to do in a day. And yet for this today, even though I knew I had to get ready for my trip and I got, a, I got a kid at home and I got a company to run, I made time to do my research today. And the yes. list of Jimmy Van only has one topic this week, and yet it is two pages long, man. Two pages ready, long. Man. Now, one quick thing before we get to this topic, because I want to ask you one thing real quick. What'd you think of the Matt Riddle t-shirt reveal?
0: You saw how I felt about it. It was pretty awesome. It was was pretty good. Go check that out, guys. Uh, The Matt Riddle broadcast from last week. Uh, So just so you know. I I noticed pretty quickly into that show, he was probably too baked to talk anything about WrestleMania. Yeah. But he revealed that shirt. And it wasn't even that. It was the ad that I saw a few days later that really got me because I'm on my own site that I helped put together and produce content for. And I had no idea this ad was going to be.
1: That was completely intentional. I, uh, the first thing I did was the the day the thing went live in the store, I hit up Matt and I said, Hey, I came up with this idea. Uh, if I send you one, uh, will you do me a favor? Wear it on your podcast, make it a surprise, take a picture for me. And you probably know from dealing with Matt, he is typically not the best at responding timely as you know. Sure. But when you know, when I texted him on that, he got back to me in like two minutes. And he's like, Do you need my address? And I was like, No, man, I have it already. I'll, I'll send you one today. But then, of course, it took me, it took a little bit of effort to actually get him to take the photo. But uh, yeah. I got it done and I had my team do the ad. And I intentionally didn't tell you because I wanted you to see it on the site. So I didn't say That's anything. That's what happened. It's amazing. That's
0: exactly what happened.
1: And the reveal was awesome, too. He did a good job with that. It was good.
0: Yeah, I, I just hear him unzipping his jacket, and I'm like, he's doing this too slowly. This is a yeah. reveal. I know a pro wrestling reveal when I see <laughs> one. It was amazing. So, so let, let's let's get into the meat of the show. Okay, I, it's it's a topic that I have been talking about, been going at it with people about. Yep. I've I've had people reach out to me via DM, and they're mad they're mad at me. They're happy happy with me. Like, yep. yep. There, there's a lot far reaching into this situation and we're going to cover all a, all aspects of it. Go ahead, Jimmy.
1: Yep. So, so this is about JBL. Now uh, I've, I actually did research and I took notes because I want to make sure that we give a proper backstory because there might be people that aren't familiar with all the details. Maybe they've only heard one or two things about it. Uh, and I also wanted to give JBL his fair due in terms of uh, comments that he has made and and comments that other people have made so I have lots of notes, man. So this, is, of course, is about uh, John Bradshaw Layfield, a.k.a. JBL, a.k.a. Justin Hawk Bradshaw, a.k.a. whatever the hell else he wants to call himself. And I should prepare people that if you don't like coarse language, there's a good chance that you're going to hear me say any of dick, prick, piece of shit, or bag of shit while we're doing this. So make sure you're ready for that. So uh, for those of you who may not, might not know who JBL is or you might not know the story, He's been with WWE on and off for the better part of two decades, Uh, was a pro wrestler for most of that time, and he's been a television commentator now for about five years or so. Uh, For most of his time in the company, he's had the reputation of being a locker room bully. And there have been a lot of wrestlers, there have been a lot of non-wrestling talent, like commentators, like ring announcers, that have told a lot of stories about how he treated them Uh, And I don't think we need to go into all the stories, Sean, because people can Google this stuff and they can find a lot of it. We'll get to some of them. Well, we'll have to tell some because we got to explain the difference between bullying and ribbing. So we're going to have to tell a couple, but not all. So if you guys want to look up The Miz, uh, Johnny Nitro, a.k.a.
0: Actually, they they don't have to look it up because uh, by the time this goes up, Brandon Howard will have an oral history of JBL's bullying up on the site.
1: Oh, there you go. JBL is going to love that. But uh but there were a lot of guys Blue Meanie, Joey Styles, Palmer Cannon. There's been a lot of guys that have told stories about their treatment at the hands of J. Writers.
0: There there are a lot.
1: There's a lot. Now, traditionally in pro wrestling, and again, I want to give a proper backstory for anyone that might not be familiar. In pro wrestling, the culture has included ribbing and hazing traditionally. Uh and ribbing it basically means to pull a prank. And they're typically pretty harmless, you know, they're typically short-term. Um, there have been guys that have been known to be mean-spirited. ribbers over the years, the Dynamite Kid was pretty legendary. He would do things like cut up clothes. He would—I uh, heard stories about him putting syringe needles in shoes. Uh, but he also crossed the line between bullying and, or between ribbing and bullying, much like JBL. Mister Fuji was known to do stuff like that. Mister Perfect was known to do stuff like that. For the most part, ribbing uh, though was pretty, pretty harmless. And then there's hazing. Uh, very much, I think like what you hear about in pro sports and stuff like that. Uh, hazing is typically what they do either as part of an initiation or they do it because they want to see if the guy is tough enough to take it. And if, is he going to become one of the boys or is he going to be a, a complainer? Uh, and normally hazing is stuff like stiffing a guy in the ring, meaning that you throw a hard shots at him in the ring. You want to see if he can cooking take it.
0: Cat. That's another one
1: cooking the cat. What's that? It's a Fuji one right there. He cooks somebody's cat. Yeah, I didn't hear that one. I
0: mean, that, that's, that's where the pepper angle came from.
1: Really? Okay, well, that, that's obviously another mean-spirited rib. But um, anyway, there are some old-school wrestlers and some old-school wrestling fans who have been trying to defend JBL's actions over the years, uh, and they've been trying to just chalk it up as being ribbing. Because, again, that's the tradition, and that's the culture. Um, but as we're going to talk about, uh, a lot of his actions have crossed that line from ribbing to flat out harassment, flat out bullying. He's created an unsafe working uh, working, uh, environment for a lot of people. He's forced a lot of people to want to quit the company. Um, and so a couple of stories have come up recently that kind of have him under fire and they've made the press. Uh, and this is what we're going to talk about today because we've been getting a lot of questions about this stuff. So, uh, again, I want to put this into context. JBL left the company in March of 2009 when he retired as a wrestler. Uh, When he came back, uh, he came back first sporadically in 2011, and then he came back full-time in 2012. And he's only been working television days as a commentator most recently. He hasn't been on the road. He hasn't been, you know, doing the tours as a wrestler. And even guys like Justin Roberts, who we're going to talk about in a minute, he's acknowledged that after JBL came back and was only doing TV, uh, he got a lot better. He was a lot better in terms of his treatment of the staff. But this news that came out recently tells us that uh, maybe old habits die hard, right?
0: Oh, we'll, we'll get into the whys and hows as well because th- this stems it's, – it's like a – here's the situation. And I had a wrestler reach out to me that said, why are so people so open to covering the JBL situation when they weren't the Bill DeMott situation? Here's, here's a breakdown of why. Mm-hmm. For a lot of the Bill DeMott stuff that actually happened, I'm talking like the jelly donuts and the ass and a lot of the bullying – Social media was not what it is now. Right. It was a lot harder for this stuff to get out. Almost, it's like more of what JBL's even coming under fire for now isn't necessarily what he may or may not have done tomorrow because that is still very unclear. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the Justin Roberts stories emerged, and those are from a really a pre-social media era. But there's nothing wrong with going back and bringing to light these things that happened. Now, I was in Columbus the week that Bill DeMott got fired. And that's when WWE did their Arnold thing. And I'm there covering it all on the scene. I was one of the only people with quotes from WWE guys. It was, it was, you know, because they, they couldn't avoid it. Canyon Seaman getting paranoid when I'm taking pictures of him. And he's like, hey, what are you doing that for? I'm like, Do you know what I'm doing it for. Like, don't... Just because I'm here, just because you all asked like are opening up to me, doesn't mean we're not going to cover it. We're treating this the same way. And you can see who is either trying to get a job within the wrestling journalism community or wants to protect maybe going back to a place based on if they cover this or not. If they haven't touched it, they probably really want to work for WWE. That's never been my thing. And fortunately for me, I got a boss who doesn't really give a shit if I'm in the good graces of WWE or not. So mm. that works out for me as well. I,
1: I think, mean, true, I, truth I mean, be I
0: could, told. I could be wrong, but I think you would rather me get the story than, you know, get the, the PR comment from WWE as, as it,
1: it is. Sure, especially when uh, this is a company. I mean, again, it's, it's the reason why we talked about Stephanie last week and tried to kind of bring to light some of the stuff about Stephanie. This is a company that is a public company. They are a company that created their own anti-bullying initiative called Be A Star. They send wrestlers to schools. They, they, I think they, they have something like 3,000 educators that have downloaded their curriculum for Be A Star. This is what they're doing now. They're a TVPG company now. It's a TVPG era. They have mainstream sponsorship. You can't have this stuff going on under these circumstances, uh, that's the reason I wanted to bring it to light. And, and quite honestly, I want to start with Moro Ronaldo because quite honestly, with all due respect to Justin Roberts and Justin is my friend. If it wasn't for Moro Ronaldo, this would not have come to light. And that's a Got fact, it. that's a fact because Moro was a known entity outside of pro wrestling. He is a CBS employee. He works for Showtime. He used to work for Strikeforce, which was a CBS company as well. He was a known entity in, in the media world. And that's why his story was kind of the catalyst for this coming around. Uh, and so I want to talk about Moro's story first because it's still kind of an ongoing story. So, uh, and again, anybody that doesn't know who Moro Ronaldo is, he was a commentator. He was the play-by-play guy on SmackDown. Uh, he signed with the company in December of 2015, and he uh, finished up with them mid-March of this year. He was the play-by-play guy. JBL was the the color commentator. So obviously they worked together. Morrow had been very public prior to starting with the company. He had been very public for his mental health issues. Um, All over his Twitter. Oh, everybody knew. And and, and people in, yeah. in WWE knew. And if they say they didn't, they're full of shit because they knew.
0: Well, no, they, they knew because I know that they knew because they made it clear to him it wouldn't be an issue. And he made it clear to them it wouldn't be an issue. And then when right. JBL was told of it, he said it would not be an issue for him too. I was told this from a WWE employee. Right uh, Now – Here's something also to preface. I think he – now I could be wrong, but I think he's missed one show because of it ever, and that was an Invicta show. And Shannon Knapp, who I will often criticize for maybe how some of her PR moves, was fantastic. She just said, Morrow's ill. He can't make it. He'll talk about it when he's ready. She handled it wonderfully. And later, Morrow would come out, and he would talk about it, and it, it brought a lot to light. Companies that have never had a problem with this Pride FC, mm-hmm. Strike Force, uh, Showtime I think HBO or Showtime all the companies he's Showtime for, yeah. in the past, never a problem. Now, uh, this is important because Morrow has worked with some of the most macho, dipshit asshole people in the world. Like he's, he's seen it all, mm-hmm. and he's been there for a long time. Yeah, it's absolutely. very important to preface that he, there ain't a lot that this man has not seen. And if you've ever seen him on a Joe Rogan podcast, you see his very very upbeat, happy demeanor that he generally has. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Now, he he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which is a fancier term for manic depression. He's been in and out of rehab, he's uh, been very public about having suicidal thoughts. Uh, and all of that again was done before he went to WWE, and I don't think there's any way that JBL wouldn't have known that. Like, I just don't see that there would have yeah. been any way. So uh, we got to talk about March 13th because March 13th was the day when the shit hit the fan uh, in a lot of in a lot of areas. So,
0: allegedly, yes. Allegedly,
1: well, a lot of it is public information and, and legitimate, and then some of it is is uh, alleged. So on that day, March 13th. Uh, Moro Ronaldo had tweeted that he was honored to win the Wrestling Observer Best Announcer Award two years in a row. Uh, and uh, JBL, that same day, was on uh, the WWE Network doing an episode of Bring It to the Table. And he was asked about uh, Mauro Ronaldo and, and about the award, and he went off. He went off about Moro posting on Twitter all the time. He went off about the award. He mocked uh, Moro's catchphrase, which is Mamma Mia. He mocked him by saying that. Uh, and apparently behind the scenes, JBL legitimately was upset about Morrow posting about that award because JBL finished out of the top 10 in that, in that voting and didn't want it to be public. So apparently, allegedly he was upset about it to the point that Morrow that same day tweeted jealousy is one hell of a drug. Um, that same day again, March thirteenth, or I you know, I guess technically it was the early morning of March 14th, because it was twelve, uh, twelve sixteen AM. A fan tweeted tomorrow, see you tomorrow night in Pittsburgh, so excited, which is when the next SmackDown taping was gonna take place. Yes. And Morrow responded and he said, Maybe snow may stop that from happening. Uh, he never appeared at that event. He never appeared again with WWE. He went off Twitter uh, for about two weeks with the exception of one tweet on March 24th when he said, I'm, deep, I'm deeply touched by your tweets of support. My doctor wants me to stay off social media for now, but I wanted to thank you. So he missed the taping on the 14th. The next week rolls around on the 21st. He misses that taping. When he misses the second taping, that's when the rumors start coming out about JBL and about Morrow is going through a bout of depression uh, and that JBL was the cause of it. And Morrow did not publicly say anything, um, but his friends did. Boss Rutten was one of them, for example. Boss Boss Rutten on March 18th, he tweeted stuff like, I'd love to meet JBL. He called him a douche. He said, please attack me for that comment, JBL, please. Uh, One fan said tomorrow, and I'm telling you, man, I did my research on this. One fan tweeted Morrow on the 13th and said, you're the best, Morrow. Don't let JBL tell you otherwise, because by then people were starting to hear that, JBL might sure. have been the reason. Moore responded, and he said, "Who?" Uh, <laughs> and then, most recently on April on April 10th uh, this week, and this again is a very telling sign, a, uh, a fan tweeted a video of Bart Gunn knocking JBL out in the Brawl for All. Uh, and anybody that's not familiar, this was a shoot style tournament that they did in '97, I believe, uh, where the guys go search go so- search Brawl for Not
0: at Fightful. You can read all about it.
1: There you go, Brawl for Not. Uh, but it was a shoot-style tournament they did. Bark gun knocked JBL cold in that tournament. And uh, so a fan tweeted... Colder
0: than a well-digger's ass, as Bob Wally <laughs> would say.
1: So a fan tweeted a video, and Morrow, just on April 10th this week on, on Twitter, said, loved it when it first happened, love it even more now. Uh, that's a very telling sign that this is probably what happened. JBL on April 6th tweeted, I shouldn't commenting he meant to say be commenting on internet stuff i play a heel i sincerely wish moro nothing but the absolute best so when this thing first came out and he was ripping moro on the network and all that kind of stuff i think it's very easy for him to 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 use his character as as the reason for this i think there is obviously a lot of stuff behind the scenes i don't think that one appearance on bring it to the table is going to be enough to set moro off i think this was probably in the making for a long time and again when you hear some of the other stories that have come out it's very likely that he probably and, just kept pushing the buttons.
0: And this was a four-man booth, and a lot of people had said, well, it's Morrow's quality that led to that. W- Morrow's quality on, at his job had waned. It had declined. Right. He had messed up a lot of names, a lot of, a lot of things. Well, that, that's going to happen in a four-man booth anyway because it's, it's mass confusion. But you don't think that having a guy like that terrorize you could lead to that? And again, generally, sorry, again, I'm, generally, my screw ups a lot of times early on, well, not even early on, when somebody was on my ass nonstop, not letting me get my damn job done, that can cause a. Fr- I mean, we see it with Mick Foley. Mick Foley was like, he quit yeah. because Vince McMahon stayed on his ass so much. Right. That That's going to happen. I mean, the dude just wanted to show up and do his job, and he was so good at it. That Not only did Michael Cole urge him to get hired, Michael Cole, who knew that this guy could eventually replace him and was going to put a lot of heat almost kind of on Michael Cole because people would see the quality of this new guy, but the WWE was willing to let him keep outside obligations where they had never traditionally done that.
1: Yeah, and, and again, uh, a lot of people are very quick to say, "Oh, he's just ribbing, because that's, that's, the, that's the wrestling culture yeah. and that's tradition. Again, it's one thing to pull a prank on somebody. It's one thing if it's a, a new wrestler and you give him a hard shot in the ring to see if he can take it. It's another thing. Palmer Cannon, uh, who used to be uh, in WWE, God, what probably 10 years ago, Sean. Yeah, and he played. I love it. He played an uh, a in-ring character. He wasn't wrestling yet for the company, but he played an in-ring character. He was on a tour of Italy and that first day on the tour he said that he was harassed for 6 straight hours by JBL 6 straight hours in one day and he quit the company because they had like 7 days left and he couldn't imagine going through 6 hours a day for 7 days
0: the problem from what i from what i understand this era that we speak of right now right. was the worst yeah. was the absolute worst when JBL uh, had gotten his main event push and there were things well before that but i had heard a story also of a creative writer, I'm not gonna name him, but and this was an off-the-record story I was told. Now someone to used the term allegedly. JBL got him to go out and drink with him in probably like 04, 05. Got him drunk so much that he posed him allegedly, allegedly, in bed with Orlando Jordan. They took photos and videos, and it ruined this guy's life and career to the point of where he quit. People thought this guy could have been a head writer. Allegedly. Right, Allegedly. Uh, There's a very sanitized version of that story that goes around that says that uh, this guy missed, or I think it was a SmackDown meeting the next day or something, and JBL busted in and told people why. If social media had been around 11 years ago, this either wouldn't happen or he'd be fired. Now, a lot of people are saying it's the culture, it's the culture. Yeah, but ultimately, JBL as an adult has to exercise his better judgment. Jimmy, if if I worked there in Toronto with you, and you said, "Sean, go into the Aware Ad showers and soap Nigel's ass," I would have to say, uh, "Sorry, bro, I don't think this job's for me," or uh, "Sorry, Jimmy, that ain't my thing."
1: <laughs> I think you'd probably say, "Sorry, Jimmy," I already did that yesterday.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I mean, you know what? I I will say in regards to that edge, you're talking about the edge story. I actually never, I don't consider that particular incident to be harassment or bullying. That particular incident I consider to be a rib. It is weird. Don't get me wrong. It's weird, but it was a one-off, and I consider that to be more along the ribbing lines. This is why I wanted to, number one, I wanted to explain to people the difference between ribbing
0: and and bullying. I think the Orlando Jordan thing was a one time thing too. That's certainly not ribbing.
1: But again, there's there's lines that can be crossed, and I don't think the edge one was so bad. Edge didn't seem to have a problem with it. He knew that it was kind of a rib. That one, I don't mind. But again, there's a difference between ribbing ribbing, and bullying. And again, uh, to, to JBL's defense, because I do want to be fair on both sides to a degree. Uh, so in JBL's defense, he has allegedly been better since he came back as a commentator than he was when he was a wrestler on the road. Um, that's why I want to tell the story from both sides. Well,
0: yeah, we'll, we'll get to why the why now. Well, well, yeah, we'll talk about it. So, So let's talk about Justin Roberts. Because the reason that this has come
1: to light lately is because the Moro story and the Justin story, they both came out at the same time. Uh, And again, I think that Moro was the catalyst. I think that if Moro was not a known entity outside of wrestling, this would not be the story that it is. I think that him being a known media personality has contributed to this getting the kind of exposure it's getting. Let's talk about Justin. So he came out with his book called uh, Best Seat in the House. And it is a very honest telling of his time in WWE, both the good and the bad. And I'm only about halfway through it right now, and already the thing is just chock full of JBL stories. And again, anybody that wants to say, oh, JBL was just ribbing, you hear these stories. This was not ribbing, all right? He would tell JBL on a daily basis to go kill himself. That's not fucking ribbing to do that. Yep. Uh, there was one tour where there was two buses. One was the the babyface bus. One was the heel bus. Justin was on one. JBL was on the other. JBL had both buses get pulled over so that he could get J- uh, Justin and have him go onto on to JBL's bus, where he was verbally harassed the entire bus ride until they got to the hotel. And when they got to the hotel, JBL grabbed Justin's bag from under the bus and he threw it down the street. Again, that is not a rib to do that kind of shit. Um, Justin was telling stories about how if he sat at the front of the bus, JBL would give him shit because he was forcing the veterans to walk further to the back. If JBL sat at the back of the bus... JBL would give him shit for taking up a seat of a veteran, or a friend that, that could have been sitting there with JBL's posse. Uh, and then there's the passport story. And, and here's the main thing about it that, again, is indicative of a bully. All right. He had a posse that did his dirty work for him. Right. So they would do the dirty work and he always picked on the new guys. You would never see him pick on a main eventer. He picked on the new guys because he could get away with it because he knew they weren't going to complain because they didn't want to get fired. And that's, that's what he would do. So the passport story, Justin's passport went missing in London, England. And he was not able to get it back, and he had no choice but to take a train to – or he was in Manchester at the time. Sorry, he was in Manchester, England. Yeah, he
0: had to go to London.
1: He had to go to London. He had to go to the U.S. Embassy. He had to, he had to get a new passport. He had to you know, take another flight back to the U.S. Justin himself – I don't know if this was in an interview or, or he might have told me this uh, in one of our conversations. He said, if you take my passport but then you give it back – a rip. If you steal my passport and I never see it again, and I have to take a train to London and go to the U S embassy and get a new one, that's not a rib anymore at that point. Uh, and Johnny Nitro, who at the time I think was part of Eminem with Joey Mercury has acknowledged in an interview that JBL told them to steal the passport because JBL has said, I didn't steal it. He's gone on record to say, I didn't steal it. Um, but obviously he told
0: Mercury and Nitro to do it. They chose not and, to do it. And Mercury was all too happy to just unload this info so what what does that tell you too yeah Yeah, and um or yeah uh john morrison yeah and i had people trying to justify this to me they said oh well it's it's only a rib if you don't get it back it's this guy who blocked me mind you um i would love to know
1: how that guy would feel if that guy say is an american and let's say that he's in europe and someone steals his passport at the airport good luck to you what are you gonna do Well, this guy in
0: particular is always Spoiling for something and i've i'd had him muted for years anyway as it was him blocking me was was just nice that was a nice little cherry on top i i had pulled the old trick on him on twitter once where i blocked him then unblocked him just so he wouldn't be following me anymore that's how much (laughs) i hated associating with this guy but you get a lot of that the well what it was just a rib no it wasn't a rib no that's fucking illegal bros yeah. It's illegal. This is their
1: job. And and it, it's not. Again, to Justin's point, if they had given it back to him, then you can you can call it a rib. When you steal it and you force him to scramble, and I think he ended up missing one of the tapings in the U.S. because he, he had to scramble and go to London to get a new one, he could have got fired over that. Yeah. Uh, so that's no longer a rib. Now, I, I want to read some quotes from JBL.
0: Uh, be- now, now, Justin Roberts said that Vince McMahon actually laughed at him for losing that, which implies that. He may have been in on it, which is, you know, does lend some credibility to that culture thing. But like I said, at some point, you got to exercise your better judgment. And Eminem, a very good parallel here. The Hardy Boys have been messed with for a long time. And basically, in order to get out of being messed with, they had to go break off toothpicks inside Don Callis's car lock. Right. Right. Also, shitty thing to do.
1: Yeah. But again, I could,
0: I could still call that on the side of uh, a rib. I could call that on the side man, of the rib. Not, not back then, man. Not with no Uber. You got to you gotta track down a taxi. Yeah, but that's not
1: the end of the world. You're you're not getting physically or mentally hurt. I I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little... It's a rental car. It's probably a rental car. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm loose on some of this stuff, but let's talk about Vince. So I, I was going to talk about this later, but you just brought it up. So part of the problem is Vince McMahon. He's part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, and it's twofold. The first problem is that JBL has Vince McMahon in his back pocket, and and he has forever. Vince really likes JBL, and everybody knows it. The problem is that JBL, in my opinion, uh, and maybe yours, JBL is the biggest corporate kiss-ass in the universe. If Vince McMahon tells a joke, the guy that's going to laugh the longest and the loudest every single time is JBL. That's the kind of guy that he is. He's a corporate kiss-ass. And the other problem is that Vince encourages this shit. You know, he encourages it. Look at how he treated Jim Ross on the air, on live television, right? He tre- he, he, Jim Ross.
0: Say goodbye
1: was traded in a draft from Raw to SmackDown without being told in advance, live on the air. Then he did the thing where, uh, I think I think JR had just been fired, and he did the thing where JR was supposedly pregnant member, and Vince was pulling stuff out of his ass or whatever, pretending to be a doctor. This is the chairman of the company doing this stuff on television. So Vince is part of the problem because in his own way, he's a bully. Uh, and like you mentioned with Justin, after a production meeting, uh, the week after the password situation, Vince was walking by Justin in the hallway, and he stopped and he leaned into Just- Justin and he said, "Don't forget your passport."
0: You know, he's Aha! right. He's part of the problem. You know, and and in true bully format, well, let's take a look at things. You would all you always hear stories about how Vince McMahon will roughhouse with people backstage. Well, what happened when Titus O'Neil grabbed him by the arm last year? Titus O'Neil suspended. What? Okay. You know what? Well, I mean uh,
1: again, it's uh, that was during a 10 bell salute I believe for someone that passed away. So, I'm not going to defend Titus O'Neil. I do think a, a wasn't it like a 90 day suspension shot? That yeah, was, it was a long that part. was absurd. I think he missed WrestleMania because of that. So that was that was absurd, but I do agree with Vince that some kind of discipline was necessary because Titus was trying to fool around after a 10-bell salute for somebody that passed away, if I remember right. And that was the wrong place and time to do that.
0: It was uh, Daniel Bryan's retirement.
1: Oh, is that what it was, Daniel Bryan's retirement? Okay, yes. that wasn't as bad. By the way, you've frozen up on my end bad. here, man. Am I frozen up? On my end, you're frozen up.
0: That's okay. I'll I'll get it fixed. But you can still hear me, correct? Yeah, I can
1: still hear you. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, I want to talk about JBL's comments because I'm- Well, well, I I kind of want to mention very similarly the the JBL thing. He tried to mess with he's tried to mess with uh Steve Blackman in the past too. And what happened? He got busted up for it. He tried to mess with Joey Styles and Joey Styles finally just had enough. Yeah. And cracked him in the mouth, and uh, do you think it's a coincidence that after JBL got cracked in the mouth by Joey Styles, he never won another pay-per-view match again?
1: Yeah, I think it was um, uh, Mike Bucci, um, Simon Dean, who said that that after that incident, JBL was never the same in the ring. That's what he said.
0: Yeah. And Joey, he said, dare I say his wrestling career was never the same after that.
1: And Joey yeah. styles again was indicative of the type that JBL would go after because JBL was six seven, three hundred 300 pounds. Joey styles was five, six. Um, and Joey styles was not indispensable in the company. And so that's why JBL thought this guy's a perfect target. He's not going to complain because he doesn't want to lose his job. Uh, I know that, uh, uh, John Morrison, Johnny nitro. He said in an interview that he used to be bullied, but as soon as he became a main eventer, he felt like he had enough clout that one day he gave JBL the shove and JBL never bothered him again after that. Because again, yeah. that is typical bully behavior to do stuff like that.
0: And and the funny, the funniest thing that I hear from his supporters now is why can't you just suck it up and deal with it? Why can't you, why can't he just suck it up and deal with it about Morrow? Right. Well, uh, that's kind of a shitty thing to say for, when for did a you say that? Reasons. I haven't heard that. Oh, I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, I've had a lot of people like tweet me and say that over the past week, and I'm like JBL is literally going and blocking people who follow yeah. Morrow. Yeah, on Twitter, and every- that have never
1: tweeted it. Yep, and everybody that says anything to JBL, he block. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if we're being completely honest, I've heard for twenty years what a bag of shit JBL is. I mean, I've heard yeah. it. I've heard it. You've heard so many stories about him. Uh, I think he uh, didn't he strip down uh, Charles Robinson and threw him out of the locker room or I don't know he's 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 been known to be basically a piece of shit because he goes after number one guys that are smaller than him and number two he goes after guys that are new you know new to the company don't have seniority they're afraid to lose their jobs because he knows that those are the guys he could target and they're
0: not going to complain because they don't want to get fired and that makes him a piece of shit. And then you get like ESPN won't cover it. Well, why is that? Why won't Jonathan Coachman cover it? All of a sudden, he doesn't want to cover WDB anymore. Says right. it happened. Says that he made the decision last month. Uh, I bet you did make the decision last month. Around the middle of the month, I was leaving because your golf buddy got caught up in some shit. Yeah, and I, and I saw all knew- the
1: photos. I saw all the photos oh, of him yeah. and JBL golfing together. They're,
0: they're, they, they go way back. Yeah. They are friends. That was one guy that, for whatever reason, Bradshaw decided not to messed with yeah and you'll you'll hear all this stuff i had somebody something funny one person said well he's a great businessman i was like well, what does that have to do with anything but no he's fucking not because where's layfield energy and where's the viper fight league right now how are those doing they're not doing i he still exist. does
1: well in the stock market
0: uh, yeah, That's that's, that's fine fun. but the two businesses that he went into yeah lump. uh how's the layfield report doing yeah.
1: Wow. Mama Joanna or something, right? That was an energy drink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's get to his comments real quick because I want to give him his just due. So, uh, on April 7th, he tweeted out and this was after the Justin Roberts passport story came out. He said, I won't answer net rumors, but I didn't take Justin Roberts passport. Could have been anyone. He was hated by the whole crew. He's an idiot. Now let me ask you a question. How stupid do you have to be when you are under fire for being a bully in a, in a, in a TV PG world with mainstream sponsors mm-hmm. and the company has an anti-bullying initiative called Be A Star, what kind of a stupid moron do you have to be to, tr- to tweet out he was hated by the whole crew? He's an idiot. How fucking stupid do you have to be to tweet something it's, like that?
0: It's pretty indicative of, of him as a human being that one, he said, nobody liked Justin. Okay, yeah, that proves your point real well. Then – he denies doing something that Justin never accused him of doing and Justin that's a good point right never said Justin Roberts never said JBL took it or right. JBL had somebody take it never once he said it got taken right then John Morrison pops up and he's like uh, well yeah you did you did ask me to take yeah, it. Yeah. Too bad, so sad.
1: Now one more one more quote I want to read from JBL uh, and this is a little bit of a long one but it's it's worth uh it's worth me reading. This is from September 2010 when he did an interview on a a radio show, a radio show called Right After Wrestling which is on the and I got to read this. He was asked by the interviewer if it's true that he's a bully in the locker room or if it's true that he was a bully during his time as a wrestler in WWE. His response was, did I haze the Miz? Hell yes. A lot of people want to talk about me and my hazing. Yes, I did. I make no apologies about it whatsoever. When I started, guys were hazed and for good reason. They wanted to know that in a riot, which we had a few back in the day, were you you going to be on the side of the boys or the fans? Then he said, nowadays, there's no room for it. The corporate sterile world, that is the WWE, when the Miz came in, most of the hazing was me working, me on the mic, me talking to him. I gave him as much advice as I possibly could because I thought he had the ability to be a good heel, but I'm not going to apologize for hazing him. Now, like I said earlier, I do understand that hazing does exist in wrestling, and, and you do have guys take you know stiff shots in the ring to see if they'll complain. Edge just talked about how he had to take that early on to see if he would complain to see if he could take it, and I get that. But for GBO to say there's no room for it now, it's a corporate sterile world, and here he is, he just basically got Moro Ronaldo to quit the company because Moro has removed all mentions of WWE from his Twitter over this, isn't that ironic? His
0: dream job, mind you.
1: Right, isn't that ironic that he said there's no room for it now in the corporate sterile world, but this thing with Moro just came up. Isn't that ironic?
0: Yeah, and the funny thing is, had he gone the complete opposite route, if he had just said, I've done some things in my past I'm not proud of, I apologize. It's gone. Situation's done. It's over. A convicted dogfighter got elected to the fucking Pro Bowl a few years ago. You think that people aren't going to just, like, that's all you got to do. Wash your hands of it. I apologize. I'm sorry. It's amazing how far that goes in, in the public view. It's amazing how far that can take you. It's all Michael Vick had to do after he served his jail time, mind you. It's all he had to do. At the end, the I day, was fucked at, up.
1: At the end huh? of the day, at the end of the day, you know what? Do I? I don't know JBL. I've never met him. Do I think he's a dick? Yes. Uh, is he someone that I would want to sit down and have a beer with? No. But at the end of the day, this isn't about whether I like him or I don't like him. This is about where WWE is being a public company, being a TVPG era, having mainstream sp- uh, sponsors like Snickers, having the WWE Network, uh, the the television contract now is their biggest revenue generator. In the world that they're in now, do they need a guy like JBL? Do they need to risk, you know, losing sponsorship? No. Should JBL be employed by the company? No. Should JBL be fired? Yes. And that's it.
0: And here's the comical thing. <laughs> now these two people were not hazed, but you, you go back and you, you talk to JBL. We had to see who would who would cut it and who wouldn't. Who could who could stick it out on the road? Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Those are two guys who couldn't stick it out on the road. Who were like, "Nah, I'm good. See ya." Brock Lesnar lasted two years, and he got the hell out. Yeah, and you and know he what he said? He said, "I couldn't. I couldn't deal with the road." And That's something what, what, something that, tells me so uh,
1: something tells me that Jibio was not soaping Brock's ass in the shower.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I get that feeling, and I don't think he's soaping Goldberg's ass in the yeah, shower either. Goldberg so. would probably knock him on his ass too. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing that gets me is, and and we have we've not heard, we've had a lot of people say, well, maybe JBL didn't know about Morrow. Well, he did. Yeah, I think so. He did because I was told flat, flat out that he he made it clear to them that it wouldn't be a problem. But mm-hmm. say say that was made up. Say I was getting worked. The thing that JBL bitches out uh, about on bringing it to the table is Morrow's tweeting, and he bitches all the time about it. Right. Oh, Morrow always retweets himself. herbity herbity who? <laughs> pow, pow. That's nice. Well, what does Morrow always tweet? tweet Sorry, what's with, st- what's with the pow pow? What was that about? He's fucking Yosemite <laughs> Sam. He's a he's a giant cartoon. Awesome. Morrow is always tweeting stigma free and uh, tweeting about mental illness, and it ain't a secret. He puts it out there, and I mean this this it just really pissed me off. It it's not hard to tell. And here's here's the here's the thing we're we're probably i would now like keep in mind this is Tuesday afternoon wouldn't be surprised if tonight we get a tom Phillips, byron saxton booth and because of that aren't we all getting hazed in a way <laughs> i know you love tom Phillips. i know you love Listen, him oh, oh i think i think he can i think he would be really good if he didn't do that if he didn't do <sighs> oh 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 every move Byron Saxton, I don't know what he's capable of. They could unleash him as a heel commentator, and he might be awesome, for all we know. Yeah, but he, might be. We he might be.
1: Apparently he still lives at home. Good for him.
0: But, uh, <laughs> but
1: anyway, back to JBL again. I, I think it's too easy and it's too convenient for guys to use ribbing and for guys to use tradition and to use the culture and to use the, oh, I was playing a heel character. It's way too easy to use those as excuses. And I think at the end of the day, and, and again – Again, to his credit, I guess he's he's, you know, allegedly changed for the better since he retired as a wrestler. But uh he's he's I just think he's a dick. And I and, and as as a company owner myself, if I was a public company and if and if you know, we were out on television every week and if we had to rely on rights fees and sponsorship to make our money, there was no way in hell I'd have a jackass like that on my TV show. Yeah. Uh because there's no benefit. And and what what value is there in JBL? Does he make smack down a better show does he make the ratings higher does he generate revenue for the company no he doesn't so
0: I, I'll take professionalism over that any day and and like I said I think the reason he toned down is because he had to right I think he toned down because he knew there are cameras everywhere social media is everywhere it was a product of him having to
1: let me also, ask you this question
0: it, sorry it did coincide with WWE's new direction as well
1: let me ask you this question. So you know how he had his interview show on the network? Uh, what was it was called JBL legends or something.
0: Legends with JBL.
1: And they did not renew it. So after they had a bunch of interviews in the can, they didn't renew it. Do you think that that is because the moral thing, they already knew about it, even though it hadn't become public yet. And they, they knew this could cause some shit and they, you know, didn't want to have him doing anything else.
0: No, I think they would have pulled him off TV. I actually asked about that and I don't think um, that was the reason. Okay. They're just, they're just doing different content. No, I, they, had this not came about, I think they would have eventually brought it back.
1: Okay. Well, when, as soon as we're done the show and as soon as the show goes up on YouTube and as soon as the links go up on Twitter, I'm going to retweet it to JBL, and I want to see how long before he blocks me. What do you think, like five oh, minutes? Oh, he's going to block you. Five minutes he's maybe?
0: Or? Ultimately, it comes down to me. Who wants to show up and do their damn job? There was a guy who never actually wrote for us that I had come to terms with and I invited him. We, we do our assignment call-outs in a, in a Twitter thread. And the first day, he was just incredibly unprofessional. And I didn't want to deal with him. And this was early, early on. I was like, no, kick him out of the group. You're gone. Not going to foster that type of environment, not for, for my guys. That's not happening. But, that, um, but
1: again, when you're Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon has a JBL that basically sucks his dick. That's that's what Vincent Mann sees. Vincent Mann sees a guy that laughs at every joke and you know, pats him on the back. And he's the biggest corporate kiss ass. So Vincent Mann doesn't see the negative stuff. He's not on the road. He's not on the on the tour buses, right? He doesn't see this stuff. Well,
0: any guy who whose commentary, whether they're in character or not, is to use wham, wah, wah. That type of guy. Yeah. Uh, there there's there's face, there's heel, then there's just dickhead trolling.
1: It's just going to be very tough to get him out of there, I think, so long as he's got Vince in his back pocket. You know? it's,
0: almost, it's almost like a teacher with tenure.
1: Yeah, it's almost like that. It's almost like that, except he's not, he's not from Texas, and he's not sleeping with his students. Yeah. That's a big story with you Americans. I don't know what's going on with all these teachers in oh, the U.S. No, that are...
0: You should see the situation that I've got in my hometown. You can't really? make this up. You know how I used to do the crazy news stories with Matt Riddle? I'm yeah. doing it again this week. There was a Spanish teacher who actually taught when I was in high school like 15 years ago. Now, since then, they tried to save her job by moving her to the elementary schools in the area. She teaches K through 6. She showed a video of a Spanish fashion show, and it was just a homemade video shot like 10 years ago with some teenagers dressed up as animals, cows, chickens, like gorillas, like all this stuff. And it gets – and I'm watching. I'm like, what are all these people upset about? Because there's a big controversy. And people are like, I don't want my kids learning this. And I'm like, probably just some hillbillies not wanting the kids to learn <laughs> Spanish. Because they said, I can't believe this in Spanish and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whatever. And I get to three and a half minutes into the video, and a cow runs down the little walk, the, the catwalk. I'll tweet the video out, guys. And the cow is standing upright, the guy dressed as a cow, holding his udders like it's his wiener, uh-huh. just flipping it around. And I'm like, well, that's inappropriate, but, you know, oh, no. Then the chicken gets on its knees and starts pecking the udders. <laughs> and then the cow does this. Ah. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, this is being shown to kindergartners. And that, that's and what's going.
1: the people in the video, how old were they?
0: Probably, I would say, 17, 18. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. This is being shown to, to kindergartners through sixth graders. <laughs> That's what's going on in my hood. This while doesn't I was surprise surprised me, doesn't surprise while me. While I had the Ebola last week, knowing you the way that I know you, man, doesn't surprise me at all. And I was like, I wish I could be making it up, but I'm not, I can't wait to bring that up to Matt on the show, but he probably won't even understand what's going on.
1: How much time do we have left?
0: Like five, six minutes. Okay. So, uh, I guess we've touched on the JBL
1: thing. So the moral of the story is he's a piece of shit and he should be fired. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, I have a Twitter question for Sean Ross
0: Yeah, what's up? This
1: is from Emma Ems on Twitter, and she asks, can you ask SRS about his feud with Keller? I'm assuming she means Wade Keller.
0: Oh, okay. So (laughs) now
1: before you answer... I want to I wanna say again what I've told you before. Number one, you've got to be less sensitive. And number two, you've got to stop responding to I'm criticism.
0: sensitive. What the fuck are you talking about? He wasn't criticizing me. Okay, did you see how you just reacted to that? That's sensitivity. <laughs> All right? got to know your facts, Jimmy. Less sensitive, happening. stop responding to criticism. He didn't fucking criticize me. Once again, look how you're responding to this, this comment. He didn't fucking criticize me, Jimmy. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I criticized him. So here's, here's what happened. And you know I don't think one way or the other about Wade Keller. I I can say with honesty I've never sought out anything of his dread. No disrespect to him. It's just not my thing. No disrespect intended to him or anybody at PW Torch. But he posted a comment underneath a photo of Dash Wilder of, of the Revival and Bailey. And said it's not my finances they're undercutting and costing them costing future money. And I'm like what? And his thing is he and it, apparently it's a horse that he's beaten for a couple of years about faces and heels they shouldn't post pictures together on social media. And I'm like, dude, things have changed, man. Yep. like the revival have never feuded with Bailey. they have on screen never had an issue with Bailey. Anna brought up a fantastic point that that's some that's one of the reasons we hate heels is because a lot of times we see the schoolyard bully with the sweetheart. And we're like, why the fuck is she friends with them? Mm. And she doesn't see it. Maybe it's because it's it's, it's just weird. And Scott Dawson says, well, we can't have friends. And he says, it's your character. He says, our characters can't have friends. And Wade Keller would say something like, well, it's what Bailey's character stands for. And I think Dawson was like, my wife's a wonderful person. Should she not take pictures with me either? So did you respond and this, did this turn into a feud with you guys? Not a feud. We just had a discussion. It wasn't a feud. I mean, I've I've posted a couple photos. They're kind of funny. Of course you you did. And I'll get to those. I was just like, I I don't see it. I don't understand it. Times have changed. This isn't Bray Wyatt. And and he he said Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton wouldn't do that. Well, first off, nobody gives a shit about Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton's feud. And no, they're not. And they're not doing that either. The women's side of things, sure, they do that here and there. But times have just changed. I see Negan and Daryl sitting next to each other on a couch after the Talking Dead. It doesn't affect things. Now people will say, and he said, well, you don't see it in MMA. Yeah, I saw King Mo and Rampage do the second best ratings of Bellator's year, and they are on media tours next to each other all the time. Not only that, a lot of times they're laughing with each other about it. And they don't even, they really don't like each other.
1: Look at Rashad and John Jones, at UFC 210.
0: They were hugging. Yeah. They did great. They did great business together.
1: Yeah. Times have just changed. So I, tr- you know what? I think sometimes with the old school guys, because Wade Keller's been around uh, for what, 25, 30 years, probably doing this stuff. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes with the old school guys, they have trouble accepting the fact that the, the curtain has been pulled back now. Yeah. Uh, and it is what it is. I mean, it's a different world. The one thing I will say about wrestling, and this is, this is where I've always disagreed with Vince McMahon when he says that they make movies, and he likes to kind of equate wrestling to TV, and that's why they hire television writers. The one thing that makes it different is that the wrestlers really do live their characters pretty much full-time because when they leave the arena and when they're going to the airport and when they see a fan, if they see Sylvester Stallone, they call him Sylvester Stallone. They don't call him Rocky, right? because yeah. the fan is able to equate the difference between the movie actor and the person. When they see Roman Reigns they call him Roman Reigns. That's just how yeah. it is. That's how it is. And that's that's what makes wrestling different from television is that they do to a degree have to live their characters because that's how they're that's how they're referred and that's how they're known. But at yeah. the same time people understand it's entertainment to the point that when they're posting pictures on social media now who gives a shit? Who cares? Yeah. But what about NXT when the four horsewomen after they had just had that brutal match all hugged in the ring together and they got a standing ovation.
0: Matt Riddle had the most realistic match of WrestleMania weekend, and the first thing he said after that match was, We didn't call shit in the ring. Right. So, I mean, so the pictures that got the attention, I posted a picture of Nakamura and Nia Jax, and they're doing the Nakamura pose. And I put, PWT PW Torch Rider puts foot through 1998 Hewlett
1: Packard monitor. <sighs> and. Sean, as time goes on, man, as time goes on, I have to teach you to... Come on, that
0: wasn't the best one. Come on, that wasn't the best one. There were three. <laughs> there were three. <laughs> then there was the infamous picture. I know you know the one I'm talking about. with The BSK in the click. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Triple H, Briscoe, Paul Bear, Shawn Michaels, 123Kid, yeah. Midian, uh, Henry Godwin, Diesel, Michaels, uh, I Paul, cold. I think Austin, was... yeah. Undertaker. Yep. Yeah. And then I put PW Torch Rider builds time machine out of broken HP monitor, travels to 1996, and warns them they'll never earn any money because of this. Triple H earned money with literally every single person in that photo, Henry Godwin and Midian included, except for maybe Scott Hall, because they never worked together.
1: Yep. You need to, uh, yeah.
0: And then my last one was uh, Naomi Dolph Ziggler and Natalia today with a -A Make-A-Wish kid. And it said, "PW Torch Rider breaks time machine, opens up Instagram, frantically searches for old pieces of Tandy computer to repair time machine."
1: Do I not keep you busy enough that you're you're busy every day working and you don't have time to do this petty I, high school shit? You know, I'm
0: mean? you know I'm incredibly busy.
1: You need to uh, focus your energy. I'm an entertainer. Focus your energy. Focus your energy in a better spot. That's what you got to do.
0: Well, I'm just gonna say between uh all the stuff WrestleMania weekend UFC 210 weekend nothing got better social media engagement for me than those first two pictures really like like, like almost like i think 75 retweets each
1: cuz you like, know that the the Jones video we had that did a ton of views and the Cormier video had a yeah. ton of views and they all did well
0: well i mean i mean
1: just for me personally uh, oh and is that yeah, is that your videos- that's important to you
0: of course. Visibility for the site. Visibility for us. Yeah, of course it's I don't know if I consider me. that
1: positive visibility for the site necessarily.
0: Hell yeah, I do.
1: You know, even though I, I very openly think JBL is a prick and, and I think he should be fired, <laughs> I am not going to create an image uh, about some creative shit and send it to him on Twitter because I couldn't be bothered. I couldn't be bothered to do it. You know? Oh, I could. Oh, I know you could. And I know I'm you will. I'm a
0: content creator. What the hell? That's what you are. That's, that's what I do. I create content. And then we post it.
1: Yeah, that's great. It's a
0: part of the job. Good,
1: good. I hope as the owner you of the couldn't site be
0: bothered. You made a fucking James Ellsworth cardboard cutout and pinned my shirt to it.
1: But I didn't do it to to mock or rip anybody. I did it for fun.
0: Oh Jesus. different. Well, I did that for fun too. It was lighthearted. I wasn't trying to rip anybody. I think it was only enjoyed by you. And the hundred and some people that liked each of the photos. Uh, that's good. We done? Taking a shot. I'm not being a dick to people. Good God. It was very light-hearted. I think they would understand that. I
1: think if you, I your, I hadn't, if you focus your energies on other stuff, I think that you could be capable of brilliant, Sean. If you focus that energy. Focus
0: my energy on this Kentucky Boxing and Wrestling Authority article that I got dropping next Tuesday.
1: It's not a bad idea. There you go. Focus it there.
0: Yeah, it's a good way for me to never get licensed as a pro wrestler in the state again. <laughs> that's That's probably going to happen. I'm probably never getting licensed again because of this. Pulling those covers. But yeah, well, let's talk briefly about UFC 210 coverage. Okay, Just briefly. Yeah, how much time do we got left? That was that was. Oh, we don't have any time left. But uh. I like to pull back the cover, pull back the curtain a little bit on this. That was that was a unique experience. Like it's been difficult for us to get credentialed by the UFC because they're very very stringent. Yeah. Uh, we have been offered uh, by Ring of Honor, Bellator, uh, even WWE. Uh, like I've been offered interviews from them in the past, but. The thing is, uh it's all dependent on where they are. But UFC show and of course uh we had a lot of great coverage, Mike Straw, Brandon Howard, we had a lot of great crossover coverage too. Mm-hmm. Dare I say, you know, this didn't seem like a big giant event going into it, but the way things unfolded, Jimmy, between Implant Gate, the weigh ins, yeah, the crossover coverage we did, Rumble retiring, all that stuff. This ended up being I don't think it could have been any better. Uh, I don't think we could have had a better event this year so far that we could have covered. So, you know,
1: going into this, I knew this this was a, a gamble for me because I was going to have to pay Joe to put him up in a hotel. And I was going to have to pay him, you know, a per diem for food and all that stuff that you do for sure. for journalists, quote, unquote. And uh, Quote, so, unquote. Well, you know, UFC coverage is not CNN you know, but, uh, yeah. I knew that, uh, it was going to be a, a gamble. And then, um, what ended up happening was when I found out Mike straw was in Buffalo and I found out Brandon Howard was in Buffalo. That's when I told Joe, I want you to bring those guys with you. And I want you to ask Daniel Cormier wrestling questions and yeah. to the UFC's credit, uh, cause I didn't know this going in. We only had one credential for Joe. We didn't have anything for Mike and Brandon and to the UFC's credit, Joe showed up at the building with Brandon Howard on the first day. And uh, was able to get Brandon credentialed, like on the spot, to get into the building. So they, they were really good to us. And if you saw the footage we got, that John Jones uh, press conference, we had the best footage of anybody for that. Like Mike Straw put the camera basically in front of his face for that whole thing. Yeah. So uh, it worked out really, really good. We got some great footage. They asked some really awesome questions. Lots of wrestling-related questions. Uh, and again, this is a Fightful Wrestling podcast, so if you guys don't care for MMA, go on YouTube, look up Daniel Cormier talking about WrestleMania, Patrick Cote talking about Kevin Owens, Chris Weidman talking about WrestleMania. It was good stuff. It was good.
0: Yeah, subscribe, definitely subscribe on YouTube, of course, iTunes and Stitcher as well. But that was cool, and you you always hear this, and some people think it's like a myth, that veteran leadership thing for, like, pro teams. Veteran leadership of having showdown Joe Ferraro there— to do that and to lead a Mike straw and a Brandon Howard who are both great journalists, mind you, but to have him there infinitely, infinitely just valuable to have yep. that guy there and to see like, you know, Anthony rebel Johnson sees showdown Joe. And he's like, my man, yep, glad yep. to see you back. Shook his hand. Yeah, that was, that was cool. That made me happy. And I hope we can do it a lot more in the future. Now, granted, It fucks my whole week up, but I like that a little bit. I'm a little crazy, Jimmy. I like that. (laughs) Well, of course you're crazy. You're posting. Believe it or not, in between my super offensive tweets that I put out, I have time to get a little work done.
1: I mean, when you drink 18 Monster Energy drinks a day, you're going to find the time.
0: I drank you know, two maximum.
1: I'm two. surprised that you're not climbing the walls like a spider up the back there with all that shit
0: that you well, put into your body I'm day. I'm tethered. I'm <laughs> tethered. I can't help it. Jimmy, anything to tell the people before we go? Uh, so I'm going to Edmonton on
1: Wednesday. going to watch the Edmonton Oilers versus the San Jose Sharks. I got front row seats. going to be amazing. And uh, this Friday's Flashback Friday is going to feature Angelina Love. Fancy. Check that out. Yeah,
0: looking forward. Did you notice to that. I got
1: new props today,
0: Sean? I quietly put yeah. up new props. You notice that? I did see that. Yeah, yeah, I did. Guys, um, also go over and check out our exclusives. Chris Harrington, who we we've uh, had basically had an agreement with him for a while, but he finally got to publish his first piece. Due to a lawsuit, every WWE live event scheduled for like the next year has been revealed. So if you want to know if WWE's coming to your town, Fightful.com has it right now and nobody else does. So uh, I unfortunately got to find out. I'm not going to any pay-per-views anytime soon. But um, they're not coming anywhere close to here. Of course, uh, Brandon Howard's oral history of JBL bullying. We have all kinds of stuff from Jason Kincaid. A poor guy suffered a stinger and he's doing plenty of writing. Yeah, go check that. out the wonderful writing from Jason Kincaid. That dude is unreal. But uh, of course, check out our podcasts as well.
1: Yeah, and as soon as this drops again, if anybody from WWE does watch this, you may never go to a pay per view ever again.
0: Oh yeah, but I don't. Well, I mean, that's the, hey, that. That's what I said earlier, man. Like you can tell who really wants that WWE job. Yeah, by if they cover this or not, and that's just never. That's no. Not my thing. And at the at and end I mean, of the day, a,
1: a dick is a dick and JBL is a dick and he should be fired. That's it.
0: Yep. Yep. Until next time, guys, <laughs> we're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming.